Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. I'm just still working on Avalon. I think Avalon might be there because it's gone into green, has it? Are we into green? Is Avalon there, Sanjay? Oh, hello, Avalon. Oh, she's there. She's almost there. Come on, Avalon. How are you, Av? I'm good, thanks. How are you? We are good. So nice to have you on the on the show for the first time in a little wee while. You must have been uh, pretty pumped at the sort of mix-up of results at the weekend at Esther on World Superbikes, huh? Yeah, it was very exciting racing, wasn't it? Right down to the last corner. Uh, a couple of the races there, so, yep, thoroughly enjoyed that. And uh, and then Top Rack didn't take any victories, but um, definitely put on some good racing. And I thought Alvaro Bautista was probably the rider of the weekend for me. Very impressive performances um, from him and of the Ducati, just really using the top-end speed of that bike to his advantage. So um, definitely made it exciting. Uh, Ev, what did you did you have a little heart and, and throat moment when um, Jonathan Ray tapped or nearly took out um, Toprak um, uh, at that moment in the first race? I mean, man, that was so close. The two of them could have been on the deck again very easily, which would have been uh, not very good in their relationship. I would have thought. No, I wondered how that was going to play out actually in Park Fume, but. Um... They were all happy patting each other on the back. <laughs> so they just, they like racing close, don't they? Holy hecker. It was, a, yeah, very, very close up there. Quite a few moments. And then I had my heart in my mouth in that second race as well when Jonathan Ray had that big slide uh, coming out of the last corner. Um, so, yeah, definitely some very edgy moments there throughout the weekend. But, um, yeah, everyone came out friends and uh, didn't take each other out this weekend. So <laughs> I guess it's all good. Well, it is, it is really good. I mean, for that's you know, those uh, all the races were decided on the last lap. Every race, the Super Bowl and race one and two were decided on the last lap. That's the first time ever since the three-race format was introduced. Uh, I mean, that says something. Uh, admittedly, and admittedly, it's just Bautista, Ray, top rack, Ray, Bautista, top rack, Ray, top rack, <laughs> Bautista. But it's good to see because at least we are getting racing, right? We, we got it last year. Now we've just thrown someone else in there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as you say, seven yeah, it is, it is just those three. And I guess it's to their credit um, that they are that much better. You know, and I'm always, like, so excited when Andrea Locatelli or one of those young guys is up there with them, but um, they just don't seem to have that stamina to last the whole race or possibly the bike set up to last the whole race as those three do. So, um, yeah, they're putting on some amazing racing. It's so good to have a three-way battle again. We've seen Scott Redding in there with the two of them in the past. So um, awesome to see it back to that three-way battle. And do you guys think it's going to go all the way down to the line? It, uh, it yeah. kind of seems so at the yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not just going to be Ray and Bautista or, or Top Rack. Top Rack's got to pull his finger out, actually. Yeah, yeah. Really interesting for me, um, actually, that weekend because he seemed like he still seemed happy and he was all jovial about coming second. But 
his manager, Keenan Safoglu, had come out during the week and said, you know, like, we're going to see a new top rack. He's going to be there to win this weekend. Um, and he didn't. So, yeah, I'm not sure how that went down behind the scenes, but um, he, he looks pretty pleasing. I guess you have to be when you're still scoring points. And, you know, as you said, it was anyone's race because uh, they were battling right down to the last lap. So, yeah, still a good weekend. Hey. But um, he definitely needs to take some wins to, to help his championship out. Yeah, he does. He's got a bit of catching up to do. What is it at the moment? Was it 161? He's or, on 109. Uh, uh, Ray is on 144 and Top Rack's on 109. So there's a bit of a gap there. Hey, you, we just said before, you know, got those three bikes at the front, which is awesome to watch. And and I do, uh, I'm, I'm in awe of watching those three battle it out with some great racing. But what is it? I mean, these other guys have got the same bikes. You know, you've got Locatelli on the Yamaha uh, Ike Likwona, who's who's rookie on a superbike uh, for Honda. Uh, there's Rinaldi on the Ducati. Um, why are these guys just not able to maintain and 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 hold the pace and and be up there challenging? I mean, I, I mean, I know there's lots of reasons, and it's hard to really understand it. But they're not actually making the progress, are they? They're not actually making the progress that you would think they should be having those teammates. And, and the fact that they are, you know, professional riders. I mean, what's going on? Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you, especially the likes of Rinaldi. I mean, he is on the same bike as um, Bautista. He's an Italian, so I'm, and he's always been favoured by Ducati Rinaldi, so I'm sure he has really great equipment, and he isn't, you know, I'm not the poor cousin of the team. He's definitely being treated fairly. So with the likes of him, I think it is a bit of a stamina thing. Like, he definitely can pull out the pace, the odd weekend or the odd lap, but he just can't do a lap after lap like those guys out front. Um, and then the Hondas, I, I think, are honestly just unfortunately a little bit uncompetitive this year. Um, well, the last couple of years, we saw Bautista struggle on that bike, and I really do believe Xavier Vieja and Likawona are riding the wheels off that thing. Some of the slow-mo clips of them are just incredible. I think there's one of Lekawona sliding in and out of the corner, just absolutely riding the wheels off that bike. So, yeah, the Honda and, and maybe the BMW are, are still need a bit of development to get up there. Um, the other riders, I, I just, honestly, they just need to keep pushing. The thing with Bautista, Toprak and Ray is that they're constantly pushing, pushing each other. So they're not, you know, they are getting better as well. So as much as those guys like Lowe's and Rinaldi are, are great riders. They're chasing top riders who are also pushing themselves along. So, yeah, just, I honestly just think they're lacking that stamina and just that last little bit of pace, which can be mental or it can be in bike setup. And I think they've just got to keep pushing to find find their answer there um, to be able to keep up with them over the 25 lap races. Interesting you mentioned Lacona because him and Bautista are the only riders to have scored in all the races this year. So uh, consistency will pay off. Hey, let's just quickly look towards the MotoGP in Italy this coming weekend. They're going oh. to retire the 46 number. How, how, how? Yeah. It's, it's, it's quite a moment when you think about it, eh? Yeah, it really is. I think well-deserved, but um, it also made me not, I don't know what, what I thought, but I thought so many young riders have grown up with that number. Um, and obviously aspired to be like Valentino Rossi and, uh, you know, those of them that do make it to MotoGP are um, going to have to pick another number when they get there because, um, yeah, there are so many young guys who are super talented and making their way to that championship, um, carrying that number in honour of Valentino. So, um, yeah, huge moment, very well deserved and I'm very jealous of everyone who's been this weekend. <laughs> hey, but, so, but, but when, you th- when you personally, as a, as a rider and a racer, 
think of the number 46 and think of Rossi. For you, what legacy has he left? Oh, man. Pretty, it's pretty hard to say. Um, oh, it's crazy. Like, even when you see it on TV now, just the amount of people still wearing yellow and still wearing that 46, and he's not even there racing. I think that shows um, just the impact he's had. But I guess in most countries, New Zealand is probably a little bit different, but in most countries, he bought motorcycling to to people that weren't interested in it previously. And I think, you know, as a sportsman, that's probably the biggest thing you can do is to open your sport up and, and bring new people into the sport. So, yeah, for me... But for me, it's just charismatic, and I think uh, that yellow, that 46, I just always um, associate it with his charisma and his personality, which is, um, you know, you have to like him. <laughs> you really do. Hard not to like him. I think, I, think, I think you said it. I think you said it there. You know, he, he, he created so much interest, I think. He's such a big part of growing the sport and um, making, you know, uh, World 500 and then MotoGP uh, just more and more popular, and and because of his, uh, as you said, how charismatic he was, what a, you know, an, an amazing person uh, he came across as, you know, um, just honest, humble, but um, you know, just doing it for all the right reasons, and I don't know, he just he, he was the right person to to lead the sport, I suppose, into into different. I just seem to have lost you there for a moment, Murph. Uh, I don't know if you can hear me, but we seem to have lost you. Can you still hear me, Avalon? You there? Yes. Okay, yes, we just seem yes. to have lost Murph a wee bit. Sorry, yeah. just for the moment, Murph. We'll just double-check on that one. Hey, but uh, one thing we were going to talk about here too was Jack Miller, KTM. The, the rumblings right out, KTM saying they're talking to him. It yeah. must be. It must, is, is riding for Ducati the worst job in the world? <laughs> no, um, definitely not. Without trying to upset anyone, I could say that as an Australian or a Kiwi, Italians are have a very different culture and it is actually quite difficult. Um, speaking from personal experience, yeah, I absolutely love Italy. Would love to be in Magellan this weekend. Um, but yeah, major cultural differences and I do imagine it um, has been pretty hard for Jack, especially in, with the media on him as well these last couple of um, months or even late last year as well. So yeah, I think the move to KDM is going to be um, good for him personally and in terms of working with the team, but then the bike is going to be a lot harder. I mean, he's fast on that Ducati. He's competitive, and we have to wait and see if he is, is that competitive on the KTM as well. Yeah, it, it's going to be a big challenge, isn't it? I mean, to uh, to go from where he's been, I mean, it, it, you watch the Tech 3 guys at the moment, they're really, really struggling on the KTM and... and um, even Miguel Oliveira and Brad Binder, you know, a bit up and down. I mean, it's. <laughs> do you do you think that that it that really, if he moves away from Ducati and goes to KTM, and if that doesn't go well, I mean, your you, your life as a MotoGP professional motorcycle racer is is starting to look pretty, pretty slim, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I I. I honestly believe Jack's a fighter and I think he will make it work from at KDM and, and possibly. I, he reminds me of Cal Crutchlow. You know, Cal hung yep, around yep. and was there for so long, still securing rides, honestly probably riding uncompetitive machinery for a heap of his career in MotoGP. And, um, but they're such fighters. I'll never forget Casey Stoney when he was in MotoGP and he said, oh, there's a bit of lack of talent. I don't see any Australians uh, coming through. 
And um, Jack Miller was on Moto3 at the time, and I thought, man, I think he's underrated, this guy, Miller. Um, Casey has, and that, you know, he said that there weren't any Aussies coming through, and then before you know it, Jack's on the factory Ducati, just like Casey was. So I really think, uh, yeah, Jack's a fighter, and he'll be there in the championship for a few more years to come. But, um, yeah, Good that stuff. KTM is going to be a challenge, I think. All righty, Abby, always nice to talk to you. I hope uh, your boy is good and we'll uh, talk to you again and uh, you can look forward to uh, the Italian Grand Prix this weekend and just wish you were there. Yeah, <laughs> I will. Thanks, guys. Yeah, you're welcome. Too.